Welcome to Be Free Ministries Bible Study. Welcome to the YouTube live audience. Welcome to the podcast listeners. As always, it is a blessing, a pleasure, an honor to come into your home, your car, your office, your kitchen, wherever you might be at this time. It is wonderful to see you, wonderful to engage with you. And wonderful to share the Lord with you on tonight. So we're going to get into some Exodus and get into a little bit of Matthew. But before we do, how are you doing? So how are you all doing emotionally? How are you doing mentally? How are you doing physically? How are you doing spiritually? How are you doing socially? How are you doing? How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing pretty good mentally. I'm doing pretty good emotionally. I, I even though I'm not tired, like I, I, my body feels so good. Y'all know how it is on Thursdays. I'm, I'm about ready to dive into the bed. And so my body feels so good. I was just thinking before I got on the show that I have been stress-free for the most part this week. Like the stress that I normally experience in my body and my shoulders, I was not experiencing that this week. And God, oh Lord, I thank you. And I thank the Lord for it. Like God is so amazing. God knows exactly what we need, when we need it, how we need it, from whom we need it, if that if it involves another individual or individuals. And so it's been a stress-free, y'all know you have a little bit of stress either way, but it's for the most part been a very stress-free, minimum stress week. And I thank God for it. And so how y'all doing? Y'all go ahead and add it to the live chat, add it to the comment section. Let me know how you're doing. You all know I ask this every single Thursday, and I ask because I am concerned about you. I do want to know how you're doing. I do want to know the state of your heart, the state of your mind, like where are you right now? And um, as I always share, you know, how I'm doing, like I said, I'm doing pretty good. I, um, while I'm not tired, I would love to be in my bed right now, just under the covers, just because... <laughs> Just because I don't want to go to sleep, I don't feel, you know, I'm not ready to go to bed, but I just want to get in my bed and lay under the covers and just lay there just because, you know, just because. Um, but I'm feeling really good. Um, I don't know if I told you all that I recently joined a new church. I was looking for a church pre-pandemic. I was actually commuting back and forth to my previous church. In 2019, I think it was actually summer of 2019, I talked to the pastors and let them know that the travel was a bit much and I really wanted to find a church home in the city that I currently live. And I started looking for churches. There are a lot of churches up in here. Let me just tell you. So I started visiting different churches and really didn't quite find a place that fit me. And then the pandemic hit and I I just started going back to church more frequently the end of last year because I was not going back like, you know, all of 2020. 2021. I actually went to church maybe a few times in 2021, went some in 2022, but more consistently, I started going back at the end of 2022 and start visiting a few churches that I had visited before just to see if things had changed or, you know, 
I'm going to just say to see if things had changed. Um, things definitely had changed. and But I ended up going to visiting a church in February uh, that I saw on through, through, search, through um, searching churches. And there was actually two additional churches that I didn't know about before that had been in existence for some years. And so I went and started visiting both of them in February. One starts very early, then one later. So I started visiting both of them and settled on one. And I started visiting and I visited from February to May. I did join in May. The Lord gave me a release to join in May. And it has been such a blessing to have a church home again, to have a church family again, to have a place where I belong, where it feels like home. And I just thank God so much for blessing me to be in this place. And so I can't remember if I told you all already, if I told y'all, then y'all get a, get a, um, you're, you're, you're told again. <laughs> <laughs> that I have a new church. One thing I love about the church is they are community focused. Like they're people focused. It's a teaching ministry. They teach the word of God and um, principles to help us live day to day. But they are so community focused. They do have a community community development center right on campus. And they do a lot of outreach. You know, there's an event happening August 5th that I, maybe I'll tell you about a little bit later, but um, a community event. So book bags for the kids, different vendors out there. It's going to be a beautiful, beautiful event. And so God is so amazing. He's so good. And I'm thankful. Let me just, I'm, I'm thankful, y'all. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for everything God has done for me. He's done for me. And I'm, I'm just, I'm grateful. And so y'all, let me get into this Bible study. And then I don't think I'm going to hold us long. We're going to get to the word. I actually was going to do a different teaching tonight, but I was like, well, let me just go back to our Old Testament, New Testament teaching, and then we can move forward from there. So tonight we are in Genesis chapter 31. So I, we ended up with, let me look at my notes because I wrote my notes to make sure I didn't forget anything. So last first Thursday, we ended up in Exodus. We read Exodus 20. I mean, excuse me, Exodus 19. Um, we ended with 20 and you were invited to read the rest of 20 through chapter 20 through chapter 30. I should have told you to read chapter 31 as well, because in those verses, excuse me for just a minute, you all, let me take a sip of my water. In those chapters, Moses is on Mount Sinai. God has given Moses direction for the people of Israel to be guided by, giving them some guiding principles, um, giving them the law. We got the Ten Commandments up on Mount Sinai, as well as, again, just some guiding principles that the children of Israel are to follow. And so in verse 32, we have <laughs> we have a very familiar chapter that I want us to read and talk about just a little bit. We have the children of Israel doing just doing their own thing. Now they, they are doing their very own thing. And so <laughs> and I laugh because we do too, y'all. We Lord have mercy. We go off and do our own thing because we grow impatient with God, just like the children of Israel did, the Israelites did. So we're gonna read about it. Chapter 32 of Exodus, I'm reading from the, from the New Living Translation. When Moses failed to come back down the mountain right away, the people went to Aaron 
Look, they said, make us some gods who can lead us. This man, Moses, who brought us here from Egypt has disappeared. <laughs> Moses, where you at? <laughs> so he has disappeared. We don't know what has happened to him. So at this point, they don't know Moses dead or alive. Because remember when we were reading uh, verse, I don't know if it was chapter 19 or 20, when which we were reading, where the, God had revealed himself to the people. I'm going to look back and see. And um, the people was like, uh-uh, we don't God, we don't want the Moses, we don't want God talking to us. He coming with thunders and lightning and it's loud and we're scared. And so Moses, you get the message from the Lord and you bring it back to us and we'll we'll hear the message and and um, and we'll go from there. But let me see. I, it was in chapter um chapter 19. Wait a minute. Chapter 19 is when Israel was at Mount and then it goes a little bit into 20 where the Ten Commandments are given. And so the people are, like I said, they're hearing this thunder seeing all this lightning, and they're like, no, uh, we're not we're not messing with the Lord. We're not messing with God right now, Moses. Um I'm still here, y'all. I just wanted to see something. Okay, so what? Yeah, so then the, it was a loud blast of the horn. The smoke was billowing. I forgot about the smoke. The smoke billowing, so the folks are scourged. And so anyway, that's where we ended our Bible study last first Thursday. And so the people have been waiting for Moses to return so that they will hear what the Lord has to speak to them. But they grew impatient. And so they said to Aaron, verse 2, so Aaron, I'm sorry. They said they were already talking to Aaron about make us a God that can lead us. And then verse two, Aaron responds. So Aaron said, tell your wives and sons and daughters to take off their gold earrings and then bring them to me. Y'all remember they took their spoils from Egypt when they left there. They took some jewelry, took a little money, took some things um, for their trouble, right? In, um, in Egypt, their enslavement in Egypt. So they took some spoils with them. So Moses said, bring the jewelry, bring the gold earrings in particular of the women. So I don't know why Moses didn't tell them, look, we're not going to make this. We, we're not going to do this, y'all. We are not going to make a God because we already have the one true and living God. Yes, Moses is taking a long time, but Moses is communing with God. He's listening to God. He's um petitioning heaven and listening on our behalf, on your behalf, on my behalf, on our behalf. And so instead of Moses standing firm as a priest, he gives into the cry of the people. So verse three, all the people obeyed Aaron and brought them, excuse me, brought him their gold earrings. Then Aaron took the gold, melted it down and molded and tooled it into the shape of a calf. The people exclaimed, oh, Israel, these are the gods who brought us, excuse me, who brought you out of Egypt. Let me get this close because it is fine for even my glasses on. So the people got up early the next morning to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings. After this, they celebrated with feasting and drinking and indulged themselves in pagan revelry. Y'all, let's just take a moment to remember that God Almighty brought 10 plagues on Egypt. 
He delivered the Israelites from Egyptian bondage. He delivered them with spoils, like they were able to take some spoils, some gold, some things with them. When they got to, when our, our Pharaoh and his army were pursuing them and they got to the Red Sea, God parted the Red Sea and the Israelites walked on dry land. God has already led them by a pillar of fire by day. Uh, so let me get it right. A cloud of smoke by day and the pillar of fire by night. He's already given them manna from heaven. He gave them quail to eat. So he's, God has already performed supernaturally on, on behalf of the Israelites, for the Israelites. And yet they still say, Aaron, give us an idol God. I mean, y'all, um, there is no way that I will worship an object over the one true and living God. There's just no way. God has performed miracle after miracle, blessing after blessing, deliverance after deliverance, healing after healing, after healing for me. And yet I'm going to go make a golden calf or whatever. In this, in the Israelites' case, they made a golden calf. But for us, making a, an altar of, of other things, whether it's our family, our cars, our education, our money, our things, how dare we make another God when God Almighty has, has shown himself to be God. He has shown himself to be I am that I am. He has shown himself to be the great deliverer. He has shown himself to be healer, keeper, sustainer, joy, peace, lover of our soul, but yet we still have idol gods. Go ahead and ponder that later. Ask the Lord to deliver you and heal you and get you back in right relationship with God. I'm talking to me as well as talking to you. All right. We're going to all get this thing right. Amen. Amen. Verse seven. Then the Lord told Moses, quick, go down the mountain. The people you brought from Egypt. See, see how the people you brought from Egypt. <laughs> get him, God. Get him. He said, the people you brought from Egypt have defiled themselves. They have already turned from the way I commanded them to live. They have made an idol shaped like a calf, a calf, and they have worshiped and sacrificed to it. They are saying, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of Egypt. Now the Israelites know good and too well that no calf didn't bring them out of Egypt. They know good and too well that it was God Almighty that brought them out of Egypt. But they don't forget how, how, how quickly we forget the blessings of the Lord. How quickly we forget the deliverance of the Lord. How quickly we forget the blessings of the Lord. Now, somebody in the crowd, let me get my glasses, do my teacher look. Somebody in the crowd ought to have been able to say, Come on, Israelites, y'all know it was God Almighty that brought us out. Y'all know this calf didn't bring us out. Somebody, anybody, somebody should have said, this is not right, y'all. This is a lie. This is not right. But the crowd said, this is our God that delivered us out of Egypt. And God with his, oh my goodness, God with his loving mercy, he didn't rain fire from heaven down. 
he sent his servant Moses to go and minister to them, even in their idol worship, even as they disobeyed God's commandments for them, even as they went against God's way and his plan for them, God still showed mercy to the Israelites, his people. And so he sent Moses down to talk to the Israelites. And this is what um, the Lord said. Then the Lord said, verse 9, I have seen how stubborn and rebellious these people are. Now leave me alone so my anger can blaze against them and destroy them all. Then I will make you, Moses, into a great nation instead of them. So first God said, get them. God told Moses to go get them. <laughs> He said, go get him. But then God is like, look, his anger started to kindle. And he was like, I'm about to kill all of them. I'm about to take every, every, everybody, every single one of them. I'm about to take them out. And sometimes you all, and God is, he does get angry. He, he I'm not going to say he's an emotional God, but God does experience emotions. And he did become angry because again, how dare you um, create or mold this golden calf? And say that this is your God. And not only do you say this is your God, but this is your God that delivered you out of Egypt when you know that's a lie. So I understand God's anger towards his people. Verse 10, uh, I mean, verse 11. And God had, had every right to be angry with them. He had every right to want to take them out of here. And just think about it from a parental perspective. If you are a parent and you have taught your children the right way, you have taught them according to God's word, you have given them um, everything that they need, all the provision that they need, you know, roof over their head, food to eat, clothes, school supplies, whatever else they needed for school. If they play athlete, uh, if they play um, sports, excuse me, if they are an athlete and play sports, you have to, you know, pay for uniforms, pay the, um, the athletic fees and uh, travel them to to and from their games if you know um in some instances i know not all buses travel to the games they my, most athletic buses go to the away games but for the home games of course you know you got to take your kids there got to pick them up and so you do so much for your kids so if you're doing so much for your children you'd be like that's my daddy over there that's my mom over there and forsake you as their biological parent or their legal guardian parent, y'all know y'all be ready to throw hands, get the wit or the bell out, or take that child out of here. As the famous quotes, it was, I brought you into this world, I will take you out. So that's how God was feeling towards his children, towards his people. I'm about to take these, they, they done lost. Now God ain't say this, this is my paraphrase of how God was feeling. They done lost. They, my, and in the words of Denzel Washington and the great debaters, they was outside, they mine. So anyway, God was like, I'm, and, and so not only did God tell Moses, I'm, go first he said, go get them, you know, because they have uh, created this idol God. And then as God's anger was kindled, he was like, no, I'm about to take them out here, forget it. Look, don't even worry about it, I'm about to take them. And then he told Moses, I'm going to take them out and then I'm going to raise up a great nation <laughs> For you, oh God won't play no God. God won't play no games with these Israelites. But verse um, eleven, but Moses, being the intercessor that he was, 
pleaded with the Lord, his God, not to do it. Oh, Lord, he exclaimed, why are you so angry with your own people? whom you brought from the land of Egypt. See, Moses had to give it back to, to, to God. He had to remind him, look, God, these are your people that you brought out of Egypt um, with such great power and mighty acts. The Egyptians will say God tricked them into coming to the mountain so he could kill them and wipe them from the face of the earth. That's what Moses was telling God that the Israelites, you know, may say about him if he chooses to kill them. Um, Turn away from your fierce anger. Change your mind about this terrible disaster you are planning against your people. Now, come, when you have, when you talk to the Lord like this, that means you have a very close, intimate, intimate, intimate personal relationship with the Lord. Did y'all hear what Moses said to the Lord? He said, "Turn oh, God." Moses is telling God to turn away from your anger. I'm sorry. Let me try that again. Turn away from your fierce anger. Change your mind about this terrible disaster you are planning against your people. Remember your covenant with your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Remember, excuse me, you swore by your own self, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars of heaven. Yes, I will give them all this land that I have promised to your descendants, and they will possess it forever. So the Lord withdrew his threat and didn't bring against his people the disaster he had threatened. Y'all cannot tell me, you cannot convince me that it, that your intercessor and my intercessors have not thwarted some plans that the enemy has set against us, but maybe even that God was like, look, I'm about, Stephanie, I'm, I'm sick of her. <laughs> I'm about to go get her. Y'all can't tell me that my intercessors didn't save me from some things. Let me just tell y'all in here. Our intercessors are, in, are interceding. They are petitioning God on our behalf, just like Moses petitioned God on the behalf of his people, the Israelites. Our intercessors petition heaven on our behalf. I don't know about you, but I thank God for my intercessors. I thank those, thank God for those who petition heaven on my behalf, who pray for my deliverance, who pray for my healing, who pray for my peace, who pray for my joy, who pray for my for, for blessings for me, for elevation for me, for me to do what the Lord has called me to do, for me to stay in the will and the plan of the Lord. Y'all can't tell me that our intercessors have not have petitioned heaven and thwarted some plans that were meant to take us out of here. So y'all just take a minute and say, thank God for my intercessor. Thank God for my intercessors, because I know I have more than one. I know I have some a few folks, and probably more than a few folks, that the Lord has dropped my name in their spirit and said, you are intercessor to Minister Stephanie Humphrey in such and such United States of America. I know that my name is on the bulletin board or the prayer wall of some intercessors. So we thank God again for our intercessors, people who, because I believe that I have lifelong intercessors. Like I believe that there are people who that the, the, the Lord has dropped my name in their spirit and they are praying for me for life. 
I do believe that. I also believe that there are intercessors that the Lord calls to pray for me for different seasons in my life, along with my longtime intercessors. I know that there are certain situations I go through or are in or some tests that I know I'm going to be facing. And I do ask people, I actually call people or text people like, look, will you please pray for me about this situation? And I know that I have people that I ask to pray for me. And again, that God, you know, gives my name to them so that they can pray for me in certain seasons and for specific situations. And so I thank God that Moses petitioned God and that God listened that Moses had a, again, a, that deep, intimate, personal relationship with the Lord where God listened to him. And y'all, God listens to our intercessors. God listens to you as an intercessor. God listens to us when we pray, when we petition heaven, when we ask him for things. His ear is attentive to our voice, you all. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17 to pray without ceasing. And then God says that the uh, fervent effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I believe that intercession is involved in that. I believe that God is, is ever, y'all excuse me for my phone ring and I apologize for that. Ah, oh, I forgot that my that my phone does give an announcement. I am so sorry about that, you all. I hadn't planned for that to happen. So, I so uh, I apologize for that pause. I and I'm so sorry about that. Um, my phone started ringing and my phone, I'm actually doing my live on my phone. So I apologize for that. And so I'm going to resume. So what I was saying was, I'm sorry, my phone was ringing. <laughs> That's what I was saying. And I thought y'all could hear me, but I just realized that I, my phone actually put itself on mute when the phone started ringing. So I'm thankful that you didn't hear it because my phone, I have it a setting where my phone announces who's calling me. Um, and so I'm glad that you didn't hear that. So praise God. All right, so um, getting back to Bible study, I was saying that I thank God for our intercessors that petition heaven on our behalf. And God listens to us, you all. He listens to his intercessors. God listens to us when we pray. We are to pray for ourselves, pray for our family, pray for the individuals that God drops their name in our spirit. Um, or even for people who ask us to pray for them, we say, I'm going to pray for you. Sometimes we don't, but y'all, let's be diligent about praying for people when they ask us to. A lot of times when people say, pray for me, they really do want you to pray for them. So let's make sure that we are praying for people that we say we're going to pray for. Let's make sure that we are praying for people who God that name that God gives us, that individual that God gives us, that group of people that God gives us, let's be diligent about praying for these individuals and these groups of people so that we can be the voice for them. Because sometimes it's hard to pray for yourself when you're going through a situation, when you're in a, a tough test or a tough trial, sometimes it's hard to pray for yourself. And which is why God sends intercessors um, to petition him on our behalf. So let's be diligent about our father's business in prayer. Amen. Amen. So again, 
Moses petitioned God, God listened, and the Israelites were spared from, 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 from annihilation. <laughs> they were spared from annihilation. Okay, so verse, uh, I know it's been a lot of time on this. Let's go on to verse 15. Then Moses turned and went down the mountain. He held in his hand the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant. They were inscribed on both sides, front and back. These stone tablets were God's work. The words on them were written by God himself. When Joshua heard the noise of the people shouting below them, he ex exclaimed to Moses, It sounds as if there is a war in the camp. But Moses replied, no, it's neither a cry of victory nor a cry of defeat. It is a sound of celebration. When they came near the camp, Moses saw the cow, the calf and the dancing. In terrible anger, so here we got God angry. Now we got Moses angry. In terrible anger, he threw the stone tablets to the ground, smashing them at the foot of the mountain. Now he just told God to calm down. <laughs> and now he getting mad. He took the calf they had made and melted it in the fire. And when the metal had cooled, he grounded it into powder and mixed it with water. Then he made the people drink it. Don't get upset, sir, Aaron replied. You yourself know these people and what a wicked bunch they are. They said to me, now here go Moses blaming the people. All Moses had to do when the, when the Israelites cried to Moses and say, build us a camp, build us a God, make us a God. All Moses had to do was say, no, I am not going to make us a God. We are going to be patient and wait for our brother Moses to come down from heaven so that we can hear what the Lord has to say. That's all he had to say or something around that. But he chose to listen to the people and build, build a calf. But now we have Aaron saying, now Moses, you know these, these Israelites, they wicked. Well, you're wicked with them, Aaron. How about that? Verse 23, they said to me, make us some God to lead us for something has happened to this man, Moses, who led us out of Egypt. So I told them, bring me your gold. At least he told Moses what he did. And I told them to bring me their gold earrings. When they brought them to me, I threw them into the fire and out came this calf. Lord, Moses said, Moses lying. I mean, I'm sorry, not Moses, Aaron lying. So my out came this calf. When Moses saw that Aaron had let the, let the people get completely out of control and much to the amusement of their enemies, he stood at the entrance of the camp and shouted, all of you who are on the Lord's side, come over here and join me. And all the Levites came. He told them, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, strap on your swords, go back and forth from one end of the camp to the other, killing even your brothers, friends, and neighbors. The Levites obeyed Moses and about 3,000 people died that day. Then Moses told the Levites, today you have ordained for the service of the Lord, for you obey, excuse me, today you have been ordained for the service of the Lord, for you obeyed him, even though it meant killing your own sons and brothers. Because of this, he will, he will now give you a great blessing. Now, 
Now, first, Moses told God not to kill the folk, but then he instructed the Levites, who we know are the, has become the priests, or later will become the priests. Um, he sent them to kill everybody. I'm assuming everybody who was not on the Lord's side. Um, and they killed about 3,000 Israelites that day. This is the word of the Lord. You can like it, not like it, agree with it, or not agree, agree with it. It's the word of the Lord, and I'm not going to refute it. I'm just going to keep on reading. Verse 30. The next day, Moses said to the people, you have commanded a terrible sin. Excuse me. You have committed a terrible sin, but I will return to the Lord on the mountain. Perhaps I will be able to obtain forgiveness for you. So Moses returned to the Lord and said, alas, these people have committed a terrible sin. They have made gods of gold for themselves, but now please forgive their sin. And if not, then blot me out of the record you are keeping. Wow, that's 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 interesting. Moses said, either forgive them, Father God, or blot me out of this record you're keeping. The Lord replied to Moses, I will blot out whoever has sinned against me. Now go, lead the people to the place I told you about. Look, my angel will lead the way before you. But when I call the people to account, I will certainly punish them for their sins. And the Lord sent a great plague upon the people because they had worshipped the calf Aaron had made. Consequences to the sin. Y'all, we have consequences for our bad behavior, for our negative behavior, for our wrong decision making. God does deliver us. God sets us free. God heals us. God sets us back on the right path. God sets things back in order, but there are still consequences for our sin. And so God sent a plague to the Israelites as a consequence to, or excuse me, for their sin. He healed them and he delivered them, but they did, they experienced a plague because they worship an idol God. Uh, as we know, the one of the Ten Commandments is, thou shalt have no other gods before me. No idols before me. No, not your car, not your house, not your education, not your money, not your things, not your spouse, not your kids. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And if you do, you're going to get punished too. I'm going to just tell y'all, I know what I'm talking about. I have had idol gods ahead of God. And yes, I, I did suffer the consequences of my bad choice. So you also, what do we learn from this? Number one, don't put any gospel for God. Trust God and obey God. Sometimes when we pray to the Lord, sometimes we are waiting for God to answer our prayers. Sometimes when we are waiting for God to come to our rescue or work on our behalf, sometimes God doesn't come when we want him to. Matter of fact, oftentimes God does not come when we want him to. And sometimes we can grow weary in our well-doing. Sometimes we can get frustrated in our waiting. Sometimes we can get angry when the Lord, where for us, it seems that God is delaying his answer. But y'all be not weary in your well-doing. Don't get discouraged in the wait. Trust the Lord that he will answer in his own time and according to his will.
God very rarely comes when we want him to. But as the song goes, he will be there right on time. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Come on, daddy peoples. Daddy peoples, excuse me. God will come in his own time. Y'all, let me tell you, you cannot hurry God. No, you just have to wait. Come on, all the songs coming to me. We cannot rush God. He's going to come when he gets good and ready. And again, let's not be weary in our well-doing. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount upon wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Be not weary in your well-doing, people of God. Be patient and wait patiently on the Lord. He's coming. The answer's coming. The rescue is coming. The help is coming. You just have to be patient and let God do it in his time. Because y'all, when we get frustrated and we get angry and we get impatient in the wait, we oftentimes do like the Israelites do. We start doing our own thing. We start trying to work it out ourselves. We start trying to figure out the solution or the answer for ourselves. And when we do that, y'all, we make a mess of it. We make a mess of it. It might work temporarily, but eventually your plan is going to crumble. It's not going to be beneficial to you in the long haul. But God's answers and God's plan will. So I know it gets frustrating. I know. And I know sometimes you just get angry with the Lord. I true, I know. But even in your anger or your frustration, like, so what, what I will suggest to you, if you feel okay to do this, like I have told God when I'm angry with him, like, God, I'm mad at you right now. God, I am frustrated with you right now. God, I just, I don't want to talk to you right now. God, I am going to talk to you, but right now I just don't want to talk to you. I just want to sit here for just a minute. I don't want to talk to you. Yes, I have said those things to the Lord. I have. Our relationship is is intimate enough and close enough that I have said those things to God. And I I didn't say it like yelling at God. I said it just as even as I'm talking to you right now. Like, God, I'm frustrated. I'm mad at you right now. I really don't want to talk to you at this moment. And I think God respects that in the sense that he gives me a minute. (laughs) He He gives me a minute. But at the same time, he starts drawing me to him so that I can get what I need from him. And so I just encourage you to be honest and open with the Lord. If you feel like your wait is too long, let God know that. Like, be honest with him. Be upfront. He knows what's in your heart and what's on your mind anyway. So go ahead and have that conversation with the Lord. Um, For me, it has strengthened our relationship over the years. Um, And so if you feel, you know, okay to do that because some people's like I'm not I'm not saying that to God because God might strike me down or like God that's Jehovah God I am that I am there's no way that I would say that to him but you know it's I feel like it's it's um it's it all comes back to your relationship with God the intimate 
intimate level of the relationship that you have with God. So if you feel so inclined, just be honest with God and be like, God, you know, I've been waiting for two weeks. I've been waiting for five months. I've been waiting for 10 years. Like, when is this situation going to change? And I can't answer that for you. Only God knows because only God knows you and knows the plans that he has for you. Those plans are for good. Those plans are not for evil. They are for good to give you an expected end. And one version says to give you a future and a hope. So just trust God and wait on God. It's, it's just much as lies within you. Just wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he will strengthen your heart. Not only will God strengthen your heart, he will answer. He will answer. Amen. Amen. So look, y'all, I'm going to go ahead to our, um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go to our New Testament teaching. It's already 718. And so I'm going to take a sip of my water. Then I'm going to go on to Matthew. Let me see. I wrote it down so I won't forget. So we are in Matthew. I did not write Matthew down. I did this last first Thursday, right? But I think we end it with Matthew 20. Because we did not talk about the wedding feast. I remember us reading 18. So yes, we're going to read verse 19. I'm going to look to make sure, but I believe we are in chapter 19. I apologize, you all, that I did not write it down. I sincerely apologize. But I do believe that we're in 19 because as I'm reading through 19, I don't remember us having read this. I'm going to actually try to condense this a little bit. Okay. So we are in chapter 19. Actually, I think we are back a little bit further. Let me see if I can check it out, you all. <clears throat> In the meantime, let's just pray. <clears throat> While I'm looking this up, let's just pray. Father God, we thank you for this beautiful day that you have made. We thank you for your goodness and for your many blessings. Father God, sometimes we get frustrated. God, sometimes we get angry. God, sometimes we get anxious. God, sometimes we get discouraged as we're waiting on you to answer our prayer request and to answer, send an answer for the needs that we have. So God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you help us to be patient, that you help us to wait on you, that you help us to not grow weary in our well-doing, that you help us to trust you, that you help us to be diligent in studying your word and praying and worshiping and praising and continuing to go to church, even as we're waiting on you to deliver us. 
even as we're waiting on you to heal us, even as we're waiting on you to deliver us, even as you're as we're waiting on you to change our situation. Father God, help us to be patient. Help us to wait on you. Help us to not get in our own way. God, help us not to start um, uh, erecting and moving in our own plan. God, help us not to develop our own way, Father God, but help us to wait on you because your plan is perfect. Your purposes are perfect. You are perfect and you will send the answer in due season, in due time, you will send the answer. And God, even as when Daniel prayed to you and when the angels came, they said that the the angel told Daniel that the prayer was held up because he was fighting the enemy. Father God, even for any prayer, prayer answers that are being held up from the enemy or excuse me, being held up by the enemy. God, we rebuke the enemy right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. We say that his plans will not prosper. We say that the angels will defeat the enemy right now and will release the prayer requests that we have before the Lord that we, that the, that the, um, answers to the prayer request will be released to us immediately. God will be released now. Father God will be released in due time. Father God, whatever season we're in and whatever your plan, release it even either now immediately or in due season. Father God, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. God, help us to sit, hallelujah, in anticipation of the answers that you will give. Help us to sit in anticipation to the deliverance that you will give. Help us to sit in anticipation to the deliverance, the healing that you will give, God. Help us to wait with praise. Hallelujah. Help us to wait with expectant praise, God. Help us to wait with expectant worship, Father God, knowing that you have heard us and you will answer. God, help us to praise you in advance. Help us to, like Tasha Cobb say, put a praise on it. Hallelujah, God. Help us to worship our way through our frustration. Help us to praise our way through our anger. Father God, help us to sing through our discouragement and disappointment, Father God. And even through it all, help us to trust you that you will send the answer that we need in your time, in due season. God, we thank you. God, we love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So yes, we are in Matthew chapter 19. I almost want to start right there. I almost want to. I'm going to read chapter 19. And it's a fairly short, uh, short chapter. So we're going to read through this and hear what the Lord is saying to us. Again, I'm uh, continuing to read from the New Living Translation. And Jesus had finished saying these things after, excuse me, Jesus had finished saying these things. He left Galilee went southward to the region of Judah, Judea and into the area east of the Jordan River. Vast crowds followed him there and he healed their sick. Some Pharisees came and tried to trap him with this, with this question. Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife for any reason? Y'all know that the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they were always trying to trap Jesus so that they would have something to use against him. 
I guess they didn't, they, they didn't, well, I know they didn't believe that Jesus was the son of God, because if they did, they would not be trying to trap Jesus. And if they did, they would know that Jesus knew exactly what was in their hearts. And so anyway, they presented this question to Jesus, trying to trap him. Verse four says, Jesus always gave them back the word. God, let me tell you something. God's word is going to stand. Heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word will stand. I love that Jesus always gave them back the word. Like he was not playing with them. He says in verse four, haven't you read the scriptures? Jesus said, Jesus replied, they record that from the beginning, God made them male and female. And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two, but one, let no one separate them for God has joined them together. Then why did Moses say a man could merely write an official letter of divorce and send her away? They asked. See, they still, they, y'all look. <laughs> they talking to Jesus. Okay, let's keep reading. Jesus replied, Moses permitted divorce as a concession to your hard-hearted wickedness. I don't know who they thought they were talking to. Let me read that again because I like it. Jesus replied, Moses permitted divorce as a concession to your hard-hearted wickedness. But it was not what God had originally intended. And I tell you this, a man who divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery unless his wife has been unfaithful. Jesus' disciples then said to him, then it is better not to marry. Not everyone can accept this statement, Jesus said. Only those whom God helps. Some are born as eunuchs. Some have been made that way by others, and some choose not to marry for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Let anyone who can accept this statement. In other words, let anyone who can accept the statement that the disciples made, then it is better not to marry. Jesus said, not everybody can accept that. If you can, then okay. But if you can't, that's okay too. Um, and then we hear what Paul says about it uh, later in the, in the New Testament. Jesus' disciples then said to him, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, verse 13. Oh, that's, so that's it with, the, with that. So that's what the scriptures say. We're going to keep on reading. Verse 13, some people were brought to Jesus so he could lay his hands on them and pray for them. The disciples told them not to bother him. But Jesus said, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And Jesus, excuse me, someone came to Jesus with this question. So that was it with the children. Suffer, suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of heaven. That's your King James Version. So y'all, when children want to praise God, when they want to worship God, when they want to serve in the church, let them do it because God has put 
put that on their heart to do, to bless him, to serve him, to worship him. I remember um, when I was 15, I remember going, and y'all have heard me tell this story before, I believe. I actually went to the superintendent of Sunday schools. I really felt a calling on my life to teach. And so I went to the superintendent of Sunday school and I was like, I really have this strong calling on me to teach. And I, I didn't know what to do with it. And so I didn't tell him that part. I just didn't know what to do with it because I thought maybe I could teach the youth at Sunday school, even though I was still a youth myself. So the superintendent, y'all, he did not discourage me. He said, okay. He said, well, let me pray. Let me see what I can do. Um, I think that's what he said. Let me just say, I don't remember his exact words, but he did say, let me see what I can do. I do think he said, well, let me, let me pray about it. Let me check into it. And I remember, I do remember him saying, let me see what I can do. That part I do remember. So I'm just paraphrasing what I remember. Um, and then he did say, let me see what I can do. That's a quote. So anyway, he did. And y'all that summer, because it was early in the year, that summer, I actually taught the toddlers for vacation Bible school. And I thank God that it was, it was pastor, um, pastor Marshall, pastor Gordon Marshall. I thank God that he did not discourage me. He didn't say, look, you too young to be teaching, you know, he said, you know, what he said, and let me see what I can do. And I was teaching you all. He recognized the call of God on my life. And he allowed me to flow in that calling that the Lord had placed within me. And I just, I thank God for that. And God is reminding me that he did tell me, he was like, he sensed that it was that that that's what the Lord was saying, that it, that he saw the teaching or that he sensed the teaching on me or he sensed my passion, something to that effect. And anyway, I was teaching the toddlers um, that vacation Bible school and I've taught in other capacities in the church. And I just thank God that Pastor Marshall did not discourage me, but that he allowed the spirit of the Lord to speak to him through me and that he allowed the anointing of God to to work in my life as a teacher. And you all know, I'm not, not only am I a spiritual teacher, I am a teacher in the school system, you know, that I'm a licensed teacher. And so I just, you know, let's not despise our youth. Let's not turn our youth away. When they say God has called me to teach or God has called me to preach or God has called me to be an intercessor or God has called me to be a missionary or God has called me to be a deacon or a deaconess, let's not discourage them. Let's train them. You know, maybe they're, they're, they're not of age maybe to be a deacon, but maybe they can be a junior deacon, you know, maybe they can be a deacon in training. Maybe, you know, that some of the, older deacons can take them under their wings and just begin to teach them and share with them and, and, and um, pour into them. So let's not turn our youth away, you all. Jesus said, for such is the kingdom of heaven. And so let's be encouraging to our youth when they have guidance from the Lord or have been, and, and if their ministry has been released to them by God and they share it with us. Let's encourage them. Let's build them up. Let's help them nurture that gift, nurture that calling that is within them. And I would also say, let that be so even in the natural, you know, like in the natural sense, when our children say, well, I think I want to be a teacher or I want to be a doctor or a sanitation worker because we need those two. Or I want to be a lawyer. I want to be an engineer. I want to be an entrepreneur. We should encourage our children with what they want to do in the natural as well. You know, I know that sometimes our finances or our life circumstances say that I can't do this 
or that my child, I mean, I live in poverty, you know, we barely making ends meet, but my child want to go to go to college to be an engineer. Well, you know what? Let's work on some scholarships. You know, let's see if we can get some grant money. Let's see if we uh, can um can qualify for the Pell Grant. You know, when our children say, I want to do this, or I want to be this, let's encourage them. And if it is within our means, let's let's do it. Let's support our children. And if it's not within our means, like if they want to play sports and they you may not have the money for the uniform or for the, the shoes that they'll need or for the, the athletic fees, ask family, ask friends, even ask the school if they have scholarship money available. You know, we'll never know until we ask. So let's keep our young people encouraged with all the negativity that's out in the world today. Let us be the positivity that our children can lean on and depend on and trust in. All right, so we are at still in chapter 18, excuse me, still in chapter 19. We are going to verse uh, 16. Someone came to Jesus with this question, teacher, what good things must I do to have eternal life? Why ask me about what is good, Jesus replied. Only God is good. But to answer your question, you can receive eternal life if you keep the commandments. Which ones, the man asked. And Jesus replied, do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. Love your neighbor as yourself. I've obeyed all these commandments, the young man replied. What else must I do? Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all you have and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went sadly away because he had many possessions. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth. It is very hard for a rich person to get into the kingdom of heaven. I say it again, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Then Peter said to him, we've given up everything. Excuse me, let me go back a little bit. Verse 25, then, excuse me, the disciples were astounded or astounded. Then who in the world can be saved, they asked. Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. Then Peter said to him, we've given up everything to follow you. What will we get out of it? And Jesus replied, I assure you, that when I, the Son of Man, sit upon my glorious throne in the kingdom, you who have been my followers will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. 
and everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or property for my sake will receive a hundred times as much in return and will have eternal life. But many who seem to be important now will be the least important then. And those who are considered least here will be the greatest then. That is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be unto God. Jesus has spoken and that's all that needs to be said. <laughs> I, I love though that the disciples talked to God about, got talked to Jesus about it because they really wanted to understand. Well, Jesus, if you just said this to the rich man, we've been with you, we've been following you. <clears throat> like what, what, reward do we have? We've given up everything. What reward do we have? And I know some of us have probably asked the same thing, like, God, Jesus, I have given up everything to follow you. What reward am I going to receive? Jesus lays it out plainly here, eternal life, a hundredfold for everything that you've given up, blessings, blessings, and blessings. That's what Jesus said you will receive for your sacrifice in serving him. For everything that you've given up, God will bless you 100 times. That's what his words is. And for your faithfulness, it's your time. No copyright infringement intended. That is, who sings that? The, the, mm, let me look. I know who I think, but let me look it up. Because I want to say, mm, let me look it up. I haven't heard that song in a long time, but I love Luther Barnes. Come on in here, Luther Barnes. And for your faithfulness. That's Luther Barnes. And for your faithfulness. And for your faithfulness. It's your time. Y'all, that's the word of the Lord. That is the word of the Lord. Thank you so much for joining me tonight for Bible study. I pray that you receive some insight, some encouragement, some revelation to help you live this life that we have so blessed, so that we have been so blessed to live. All right, y'all. Look, next week we continue in our virtual lifestyle series. I will be teaching chair yoga and mindfulness next week. I'm really excited about it. It is our, let me see if I can get the name of the virtual of the, the class that I've chosen um, because I don't remember the name, but I'm gonna look it up very quickly for you. You can always go to befreeministriesnc.org, click on lifestyle series to get the recordings of the sessions that we've already had. And to, to next week, relax. With, oh, come on, my different world. Relax, relate, release. Mindfulness and chair yoga practices. That is what we will be doing next Thursday at 6.30 p.m. right here on the Stephanie Humphrey channel. Now look, for the podcast listeners, I do encourage you to join me on YouTube at on the Stephanie Humphrey channel so that you can actually see the poses as I'm saying them. I will still have my podcast going and prayerfully you'll be able to follow um, the mindfulness. I know you'll be able to follow the mindfulness practices. 
but prayerfully you, you will be able to follow the chair yoga practices as well. So podcast listeners, you can do them along with us. All right. All right, you all. I love you with the love of the Lord. Let me just say our Be Free Ministry saying, if no one has told you that they love you today, I love you. We at Be Free Ministries, we love you. This is Be Free Ministries signing off. And don't forget to go to BeFreeMinistriesNC.org for more information. Oh, y'all, I did forget to say one thing. Our Pocketbook Exchange Fellowship has been planned, you all. It is October 5th, 6th, and 7th. On October 5th and 6th, we will be right here on the Stephanie Humphrey channel live. I will do the teaching on Thursday night at 7 p.m. My mom, Sister Brenda Humphrey, who is the visionary and founder of the Pocketbook Exchange Fellowship, she will bring the word on Friday night at 7 p.m. And on Saturday, we will have our in person sessions. You all, y'all, them sessions are going to be so good. Go to BeFreeMinistriesNC.org, click on Pocketbook 2023 Pocketbook Fellowship tab, and all the information you need about the uh, exchange will be there. Registration is absolutely free, but I need you to register so I know you are coming so that I can prepare for your coming. All right, y'all. That's it. <laughs> y'all be eternally blessed.